Hey everyone, welcome to episode 120 of the MTG Grindcast, the spikiest podcast in all of Central North Carolina, with a special focus on the SCG Tour. We are your hosts, I'm Chris Castor-Apple, with me as always, Collins Mullen. Hey Collins. What's up Chris? Collins, I missed a whole day of testing. Oh boy. I had to go to work. Yeah. Can well, you believe? A lot's happened. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> Yeah, no, I know you just woke up for a nap. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I hope you're prepared. I, did. To I took podcast. a power nap. Um, I woke up about 15, 20 minutes ago now. <laughs> I uh, I drank a coffee, mm-hmm. and now we're here. We're recording our podcast. All right, well, yeah. keep it together. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. So what's... Uh, I guess I'll thank our thank our new patrons really quickly. Yes. I've been doing a bad job of that, so we have a few okay. to catch up on. Nice. Uh, so we have a duck with pie... So thank you to a duck with pie for your your Patreon pledge. Excellent. Um, Jack H, Jeff J, Zan. We did a little Patreon swap, just kind of donating extra money to Patreon. Excellent. Uh, Joshua F, Brandon S, Jacob M, and Stephen W. Thank you so much for your support. Um, we really appreciate it. We are grinding away trying to... Everybody else is trying to break these formats. I'm going to work and coming home and picking up the information. But we'll, we'll try to bring it to you. And uh, we appreciate your support while we do that right yeah. now. Absolutely. Keeper mole in mind? I didn't Oof. message you to remind you or anything, um, so if you didn't have anything particularly interesting today, we can just move on to the what's going on in the formats. I do, but in order to get to the Keeper mole, I, I'm going to have to like preface a lot and talk about a deck first. Let's do <laughs> so, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So what have I missed today in Pioneer testing? Okay. I've not been working on Modern, right? No. Yeah. Modern, you know, we have some like a few like tweaking thoughts for Modern, but we're still pretty much all on Urza yeah. at, the, at the moment. You know, we have a few plans for like teching out our deck for the mirrors. Yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of on the back burner at the, at the moment. Yeah. I mean, um, my my what I would want to focus on with the deck, just to very briefly mention Modern, sure. because yeah. it's a full half of the tournament we're about to play. It is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think the most important things are to understand exactly what we're doing in the Urza mirror to make sure we feel comfortable in our Death Shadow matchup. Yes, um, that's an important one. And our Death Shadow opponents are going to know what to, what their plan is against us, so we need to figure mm-hmm. out what that is and how to beat it. Um, and then I, I don't know if this is just a like, like sampling size thing or whatever, but I've been seeing a lot of graveyard decks on Magic Online because I've played mm-hmm. several leagues to try to actually learn how to play this deck properly. Okay, and um, what kind of graveyard decks are we playing against? Just Dredge and Vengevine. Dredge and Vengevine. Just a ton of those two for some reason. Interesting. Okay. Um, so, you know, I just made some obvious swaps to the main deck and sideboard, like okay. put a Nile Spellbomb in the main deck and that okay. sort of thing. Is, sure. Is easy, easy to adjust to that. The other ones are a little more complicated and yeah, require yeah, some yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely the pillars seem to be Shadow and Urza right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Shadow is like the one other deck that seems to be competing relatively well right now against these Urza decks. And then Urza just is super dominant. Yeah. Uh, last weekend, Dylan Donegan won a PTQ with pretty much R75 from the previous yeah. weeks. Yeah. And uh, so did, uh, who's the other um, PTQ champion that won with our deck? Oh, I don't I'm know. i on his name. But somebody else won with our same 75 as cool. well. So. <laughs> a pretty good weekend, actually. You know, we mostly want to talk about testing and Pioneer yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But... Uh, yeah, we got to mention... We got to mention uh, Abe Corrigan yeah. winning uh, the GP at Richmond. Magic Fest champion. Mythic Fest? What I, is it? I think he's a Grand Prix champion. Grand Prix champion. Okay, yeah. There's a Grand Prix at a, a Magic Fest. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to see it. Abe Corrigan has had a heater of a week. Yeah. Not only <laughs> not only did he win the Grand Prix, which is obviously amazing. Oh, it was Julian Henry that won the other PTQ okay. with Urza. Yeah, Julian Henry won with Thanks, Urza Tom. playing, I'm pretty sure just Zan's exact 75. Sure. Yeah, and so Abe, Abe won the Grand Prix and also was <laughs> vindicated on Twitter <laughs> from, the, from this banning on Monday. Un- unreal. <laughs> unreal. So, okay, a little context. Uh, Abe caught a little flack on Twitter recently for tweeting out that he believed that a perfect ban for Pioneer would be Veil of Summer. Mm -hmm. He was like, I think that this is just like would be a really good ban. I think that it's doing bad things to the format. And this is why I would want it to be banned. And everybody just kind of jumped on him and was like, this is silly. Come on. What are you thinking? (laughs) Sure enough. Sure enough. On Monday, after after Abe wins the Grand Prix, uh... Veil of Summer gets panned in Pioneer. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just only. <laughs> like, it's not even, not even like a, like a part of like a series of bans. Just Veil of Summer. Just Veil of Summer. That's all. Yeah. That's all they needed to get banned. Yeah. That's all, that's all they needed to get banned to, you know, 
put a right in the oh, spot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. um so that was fun. Yep. We uh, we really enjoyed that. Um and he won the GP with the we are not gonna talk about standard on this podcast, but yeah. he did win the GP with We won with Meomix, and we're not gonna explain <laughs> that even a little bit. <laughs> no, but this is the the cat oven version of the food deck yeah yeah yeah. um you use massacre girl to control the board Mm -hmm. and um just like wins the mirrors pretty well heads up because they can't keep stuff in play yeah it crushes the food decks um it's just a better like grindy engine place trail of crumbs yeah to just really go over the top um yeah And, and you just have a much better like that that is the card advantage engine discovery that like made the deck work is trail of crumbs is really good there yeah so yeah yeah so cool stuff but ideally irrelevant after yeah who cares about standard these yeah. days and um and and you know in six days probably something gets banned <laughs> in that format so yeah whatever. but okay <laughs> all right anyways so pioneer stuff what have you guys been figuring out in pioneer Whew, okay so pioneer it's been a wild ride like going into this monday mm-hmm. i felt like pretty lost about what to play yeah a, a lot of different options my list of like potential decks that i thought was gonna be like Potentially the best deck in the format kept on like growing mm-hmm. uh, because every day it seemed like a new deck came out that I was like, wow, I really need to focus on this. And then, you know, I like added that to my list of potential playables and then like took like three decks off and then. Yep. Um, yep. 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 But this past weekend definitely like highlighted what the best decks were, at least before the Veil of Summer ban, mm-hmm. which were Green Devotion still. Yeah. Um, five in the top eight of the modern challenge yeah five of eight or pioneer challenge i mean uh in the top of the pioneer challenge which is just huge numbers considering that two cards not one but two cards yeah. out of that deck got banned right two of the best cards or they wouldn't have banned them right like yeah you know pretty clearly um so you know and not like the huge offender uh which is lanor elves and nykthos uh, and elvish mystic and oh yeah nykthos yeah, yeah. Nithos is, I think, my current pick for just best card in Pioneer at the moment. I mean, definitely has the the best ratio of, like, opportunity cost to ceiling of any card. Mm-hmm. It's just a land right. that sometimes makes a billion mana. Yeah. Um, it's been doing an excellent, like, Gaia's Cradle impression. Yeah. Uh, you just, it, yeah, it's just way more mana than it should be mm-hmm. developing early on. Yeah. I mean, and in the early, uh, you know, devotion lists and stuff, I was, like, not sure if... Burning Tree Emissary was really, like, worth it, or if you should be playing a more, like, consistent thing rather than something that just, like, jacks your Nykthos's way up, but it's just right. Like, mm-hmm. like Burning Tree Emissary is just a wild draw in any hand that has Nykthos in it, and, and raising the ceiling of your draws in that way is really, really powerful. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, so green decks were immediately, like, you know, plastered onto the, like, the tier one of, mm-hmm. of Pioneer, and we're like, okay, we need to really focus on these green decks. You know, other things that we were testing a little bit, like Blue Light Flash, we were testing a little bit of um, Blue Red and Soul, um, Green Blue and Soul, which is mostly just like an Oko pile. <laughs> well, um, it's a lot of in Souls, Smuggler's Copter, yeah. and Oko. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, it, it works, and it, it does function pretty well, and it does a good job of patching up one of the weaknesses of the in Soul deck, which is, oh no, they have two removal spells, like, I can't kind of can't do anything anymore. Sure. And Oko is like, I'm here to save the day. Right, right. But he doesn't do a great job of contributing to your, like, get them real fast, they're at five, kill them now mm-hmm. plan. He, yeah. he doesn't really participate in that. So there's there's some tension there. Yeah, yeah. Definitely a, l- a little bit of tension. And I think that Zan had put uh, Emery's in the deck as well. I don't know if those lasted into the latest iterations, but... That was another, the, like, grindy plan of that deck. So, actual funny story about that deck okay. is uh, Lee and I made a video with the initial iteration of it. Yeah. Um, after the video, like, at the end of the video, we talk about the changes we'd make to the deck. Mm-hmm. And the conclusions we came to were, we got to cut all the Emery's. Yeah. We got to put the 7th and 8th and soul effect, the, the, yeah, the last yeah, skill yeah. animators just in the, the deck. Card. It's the best thing the deck can be doing. Right. Um, we want at least one more land. The next day, I talked to Zan. I was like, Zan, I got some issues with your deck, and here are the conclusions I came to. And he's like, wait, all right, so what we did is we cut the Emery's from the deck, we put in the skilled animators, and we added a 21st land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They also put in stubborn denials over the main deck metallic rebukes, which Mm -hmm. work when you have all these 5-5s in your deck. It ends up being really good. Stubborn denial, pretty good. Yeah, Um, for sure. But yeah, so, you know, so we were a little all over the place, and then last night... 
which I guess is now Monday, was Monday night. Mm -hmm. Um, Easy to lose track of time in this house. Yeah, so a little context there. We have, what, 10 people in our house right now? I have no idea. (laughs) Some some insane number of people. You know, we've got Dom, Edgar, uh, Rossum, Noah Walker... I mean, and then I the people anybody? who are normally the, here, the Dylan, people, and, yeah. and then the house full so of So there's people. like 10 people in this house yeah. constantly testing Pioneer. Squad. And Tanya is here too. Oh, yeah. So uh, so yeah, we so last yesterday, Monday night, Zan came down after his stream and he said, all right, all of the non-green decks that we've been testing with, they're all canceled. <laughs> 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 they're all canceled. Green is just clearly the best thing that you can be doing. Just we the the main thing that we figured out so far is if you're not casting one mana spells you're doing something you're falling behind yeah um and the i think the, the best one mana spells to be casting right now are lanowar elves and elvish mystic and on top of that you get to play once a lot of times to just so the zero mana spells are really like oh yeah get get out ahead right yeah, I mean, so the the consistency there, like you get to play eight elves and once upon a time to dig for them without um, without factoring mulligans into consideration. Mm-hmm. Eight elves plus four once upon a times is like almost a seventy five percent chance to have an elf on turn one. Yeah, and that's just in your opening seven. Yeah, and so you if you are willing to mulligan to six to have a land or elves in your opening hand, yeah, you, you are almost guaranteed to start on elves. Right. So, but the the kind of weird thing though is that. Okay, so we've got eight elves and four once upon a times in our deck. What does the rest of our deck look like? There's a lot of options. Yeah. Uh, we, we're trying out a bunch of different things. Last night, Zan was really happy with just gruel beats. So this deck was essentially just, you know, a bunch of elves and goblin rival master effects and other mm-hmm. like beatdown strategy cards. This is the one um, with a couple of embercleaves in it too. Or- yeah, a couple of embercleaves. And uh, the other big card in the deck was Atarku's Command. Yep. Um, yep. And, you know, you got to play Smallgrowth Copter. Smallgrowth Copter is another, right. like, pretty good pillar of this format. Yeah, every you know, aggressive deck is playing. Yeah, if you if your deck has cheap creatures in it, you mm-hmm. should probably have Smallgrowth Copter in your deck unless, you're, unless your plan is, like, very separated from that. Yeah. Well, one of the things, too, is also Smallgrowth Copter is colorless, so mm-hmm. you get to play it in any of these decks. Also, there's just very few good two-drops in this format. Yeah. Yeah, um, which is one of the reasons that Llanowar Elves is so good. Right, um, you get to jump to the best cards in the format, which all cost three mana. They all cost three mana. <laughs> it's pretty wild. So there's the Gruul deck. Mm-hmm. That's one of our options. Monogreen Devotion. You know the Band Veil. I don't really think that that hurts that deck proactively at all. Really, it gives the rest of the format like good, you know, better tools against it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that just like you know completely hinders this or you know makes it not tier one anymore even well also a lot of the devotion decks weren't even running veil in their sideboard mm-hmm. um because like the way you sequence it out is you kind of end up not leaving up a green mana on your yeah. opponent's turn very often right so it certainly benefited from veil because the existence of veil discourages people from playing a lot of fatal push and thoughtsies decks yes. and, and right. that sort of thing yeah yeah um and that sort of like point interaction that takes apart your you know your synergy based devotion deck is is actually a pretty decent way to fight the deck mm-hmm. and relying on other people to be veiling those spells for you right. was part of the success of the devotion deck yeah which it, is kind of silly but yeah <laughs> there you have it <laughs> and, and i don't know that it was such a part of the success that you know it's maybe the difference between four and five of them making the top mm-hmm. eight of the challenge sure. you know like right. i don't think the deck becomes bad because no like other no like other decks are keeping down fatal push yeah it's still pretty easily like the most explosive thing you can be doing Mm -hmm. um yeah we've been tinkering around with like variants of the um this devotion deck um like there's like the classic version that's playing jade light rangers and just like some other like you know silly in between cards yeah but we've also been messing around with uh, like this uh hardened scales uh winding constrictor version of the deck which i think i'm I mean, all, all we did was throw it together and then play a league with it and very easily 5-0. Got him. Uh, yeah. Got him. And I'm, like, pretty close to locking that deck in. Nice. Honestly. It's yeah. just, like, it's doing basically all of the powerful stuff that the Devotion deck is doing. Mm-hmm. And it's just in your, like, silly nonsense slots. Instead of medium cards like Jade Light Ranger, you're allowing yourself other nut draws that involve the scales cards. Yeah. Um, it just so happens that all of your payoffs for devotion involved plus one plus one counters yeah vivian arcbow ranger walking ballista and voracious hydra 
Um, Voracious Hydro, the way it works with scales effects is <laughs> incredible. It's pretty good. You, yeah. So you can, if you have one scales out, say you Voracious Hydro for one, you get the scales trigger. So you get two counters on it. Then you double it. Mm-hmm. And then you get an extra counter on the doubling thing. So if you have one hardened scales out, you can Hydra and it's a 5-6 <laughs> for three mana. Pretty good. And that's like really medium. Right. We had one draw that was three hardened scales and a voracious hydra. Mm-hmm. So turn one scales. So next is two, it goes up to three, doubled to, and then well, seven? Well, we had three hardened scales. Oh my. So <laughs> we cast hydra, x equals one. Yeah. So that's uh, four, four. Double to then eight. You double plus that three. So you, yeah. Is so, 11? Yeah. So it's just <laughs> absolutely gigantic. <laughs> It's just oh some, my God. some hot, hot nonsense. Okay. All right. I'm in. Yeah. I'm into this. And and like it also gives you that kind of avenue of nut drawing that isn't as vulnerable to Wild Slash. And, and you're, you're always vulnerable to Fatal Push because Walking Ballista and Voracious Hydra tied a Fatal Push no yeah. matter how big they are. Right. Right. But the deck is very sweet and I am looking forward to tinkering with it, mostly making the sideboard the best possible to adjust to. Oh my god, they have Fatal Push. Oh my god, they have Supreme Verdict. Sure. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, uh, we've been noticing that there are a lot of blue-white decks mm-hmm. in this format. A lot of people are playing blue-white control. Yeah. A lot of people are playing blue-white flash. And what that equates to, essentially, is that there's just a lot of Supreme Verdict in the format. Um, and that seems to be, like, the best go-to answer to these green decks. Yeah. Like, Lenore Elves does not like 4-mana Wrath. <laughs> um, and there's a really good 4-mana Wrath right now. So... That seems to be like the like the two like opposite pillars of the format. It feels like where it's very clear that like the best proactive thing to be doing is, is like some strong proactive green strategy, and then uh, people are trying to fight against that by playing um, supreme verdict strategies. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see like how that ends up playing out. You know, there's no veil of summer anymore, so you, like the counterspell uh, angle as well is like relatively good against these green decks. But the problem is that these green decks are just so explosive yeah. that you can just kind of get out from under, like, a lot of... And, you know, killing your opponent on turn four is not unreasonable out of any of these strategies. Oh, no. Like, that's that's kind of the, the default That's like the benchmark. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, it, it the goldfish really... on these decks is typically around turn four. Yeah. And, I mean, you kind of have to accept the dying to the nut draw thing mm-hmm. and whatever you're... If you're responding and you're casting spells to break up your opponent's synergies, yeah. you just kind of have to not worry about, like, what if they have two Burning Tree Emissaries or whatever. Like, yeah. if they go Lanoir Elves into... Turn one Lanoir Elves into turn two, two Burning Tree Emissaries and uh, nick those, mm-hmm. like, that's five mana on turn two. And that's... You're going to lose to that, and that's fine. Yeah. You have to you, you have to just be okay with that. But... um. Supreme Verdict is definitely scary for these decks. Yes. Um, if they have their kind of more normal draws. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the green decks are like trying to figure out the best ways to get around that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dot Seas seems to be a pretty good angle. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Whisperwood Elemental is a, yeah. a, a favorite card of mine <laughs> and yeah. uh, pretty good there. And it is really good against the blue white decks because they're not killing your mana elves one for one on the early turns. They're just trying to sweep you once you've invested mana into stuff. Right. So you can typically get to five mana yeah. before they wrath you. So yeah, it's pretty nice. We were also, we, we tried out Lifecrafter's Bestiary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in a Land of War Elves deck, that's a pretty good turn yep. two against most of these controlling Makes strategies. Makes all your top decks very strong. Mm-hmm. So and makes you able to top deck better because you get a free scry every oh, turn. Oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. Going along with a with a life crafter beastery <laughs> feels nice. Yeah, yeah. You're just like massively out outvaluing the control deck usually, and yeah. it's it's good stuff. Yep. Um, there are answers to it though. Like the green black decks have lots of abrupt decays and mm-hmm. Vraskas and stuff. There's detention sphere out of the blue white decks. So. Yeah, detention sphere. Even like the fairy bouncing it can be annoying. Yeah. Um, because you you often don't have like a ton of mana once you've been wrathed, so you're kind of like casting like one or two things a turn and then they bounce your bestiary and you know yeah you have to find spots to cast it again it's not great no but yeah uh, another green strategy that i want to talk a little bit about is this elf yeah. elves deck it looked good when you were playing it <laughs> yeah yeah uh so will pulliam sent me this list mm-hmm. and he was like i want you to try this i think it might be really good uh i played a league with it, it felt great played uh, a league with the uh with the teamer uh Oh, what, what Teamer it, Sabertooth? With the Teamer Sabertooth in it and everything. Yeah, didn't oh, even, yeah. Didn't even take that out. <laughs> didn't even take that out. Yeah, the Teamer Sabertooth was awful. 
This, um, you don't know what this is because this was a draft on comic. It was a draft on comic. Hey, it saw a play in Constructed before. Mm-hmm. It was the it was the some history uh, right here. It was the mirror breaker in Green Devotion Mirrors. Okay, where you could this is a four mana four three that you can pay one in a green and return a creature you control to your hand yeah. to give it indestructible until end of turn. Yeah. So you could give it indestructible, and but the thing that it did in the devotion mirror was that you could manifest a bunch of stuff and mm-hmm. then like find your like tech sideboard cards and then return them to your hand right. as manifests, uh, and that was always really fun. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, and then the the like I remember like Grand Prix Miami or something um, like. Corey Baumeister had one teamer Sabretooth in his in his main deck and that was that just like guaranteed his victory in game one and often it was only game one that you could ever play with that deck so yeah and it's beautiful because if you manifest it then oh, it's yeah. a creature that you can you, oh yeah you find it really easily it's great but anyway so the idea in in this elf deck is that you know one of the one of the main ways of winning is with uh shaman of the pack mm-hmm. um you're honestly you're mostly this like turbo shaman of the pack deck where yeah you're that's what you know, it looked like you play this like this like pretty solid beat down like flood strategy in the early turns mm-hmm. and then you get to the point where you like shaman of the pack cord for another shaman of the pack and then they die um or even just like you know cord for one shaman of the pack and that can just get them yeah um and i think the idea behind the the saber tooth was that like if you have saber tooth and, and a shaman pack you can just like bounce it and cast it over and over again yeah but two shaman like but the second shaman trigger it means they're dead. Yeah. So if you ever like, for the second if shaman. you're recording for one of these, it just yeah, the other one just kills them. Yeah. It'll be fine. And you can cord in response to the first trigger to get plus one on that one. Then mm-hmm. yeah, this is just it. It is a lot of damage, and it's it yeah. seems very unlikely to me that games with elves will get to the point where you want to be bouncing right. and replaying a shaman attack yeah it, it never came up i'll tell you what but you know what did come up is that i i looked for longingly at a teamer saber tooth in my uh collection, collection company, company pile hit one creature <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely had a couple of piles that were like teamer saber tooth two mana dorks and lands and i was like hmm you know if this was any other like good spell yes. i might be able to have it here well, you would definitely be playing like a three mana elf in that slot probably so. yeah yeah so but honestly just it's just another strong um once upon a time deck mm-hmm. uh, just another strong once upon a time mana dork deck i mean honestly like the thing about the two drops just not really existing in this format is really real the best curves in pioneer are like a bunch of ones a small handful of twos usually like removal reactive spells or utility spells or something and a bunch of busted threes. and then just a bunch of good threes yeah because yeah because your ones are Lano or elves and elvish mystic <laughs> yeah yeah good two drops in this format uh smuggler's copter mm-hmm. end of list right <laughs> like after it's like smuggler's copter gap scavenging yeah. ooze yeah yeah, scavenging use may maybe like yeah. it's only really good in these Nykthos decks, right? And same with the other reasonable two drop burning tree emissary, burning tree emissary, a yeah, zero mana card, right? One one two drop that I think has been overlooked a lot is I'm not going to know the full name of it, but it's the white white knight, knight of the white orchid, knight of the white orchid. Yeah, that um, card is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think that that card belongs in the blue-white flash shells and has been overlooked for the most part. Ooh, okay. Um, where a lot of the curves on in that deck I've seen have been like three Selfless Spirit, four Smuggler's Copter, mm-hmm. and that's all there are twos. But I think that if you actually just play Knight of the White Orchid, mm-hmm. it helps a lot with what that deck is missing, which yeah. is like, you know, you need the extra land pretty bad because all of your cards are three or four or five mana right so (laughs) right and like knight does a really good you know you look at it and like even on the draw it's like never a part of a nut draw Mm -hmm. like on the draw it's like okay i can play this on turn three Mm -hmm. get the land and then play play another land play a two like that's pretty good but but basically like the consistency element that it adds to the deck if you were short on lands like here's a land like and and uh, it's just another creature that can get value and also crew your smuggler's copter. And makes your Avacyns way more castable in mm-hmm. your deck that's trying to go from like 2 to 5 by yeah, turn yeah. 5. And you're already playing 25, 26 lands yeah. in your flash deck. Or at least you should be. So I, 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 I could definitely see that. That sounds pretty good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you, were, you were reasonably impressed with the blue-white flash deck? I was. I think that it might just be a little 
too slow and clunky mm-hmm. uh, in a field of you know yeah. just like green lanterel. I mean, it doesn't creatures. start on one. It has no ones. It, it well, it has, it has Thraven Inspector. It has Thraven Inspector, but that's and like the games you draw Thraven Inspector versus the games that you don't. I know draw it's, Thraven, a, it's night just and day. So different. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it, all of, all it really represents is often like a chump block. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it crew smugglers copter yeah. is like a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. But right, like. Like using that mana on turn one when you, yeah. otherwise you just wouldn't is gigantic. Yeah, it's it's a huge deal. Um, and so yeah, I, I was reasonably impressed with it. Um, it has, I think it has good like post board plans. Uh-huh. Um, it's like one of the better like tuned to beat whatever you want post board. Right. Um, you can grab wraths if you need wraths. You can grab counter spells if you need counter spells. Yeah. And that honestly covers most of the format. Mm-hmm. Wraths or counter spells are going to be good against what you're playing against. Yeah. And I, I do think that Reflector Mage is like reasonably well positioned in this format. Spellcaller is pretty good in this format. Like everybody's trying to resolve powerful three mana spells, so Spellcaller is mm-hmm. generally pretty good there. Yeah, yeah. No, Spellcaller has been pretty impressive, and especially yeah. combining it with Teferi is is really good. Gideon allies into Car is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avacyn is phenomenal. Yeah. Nobody plays around Avacyn. Nobody also, knows all the text of that yeah. card anymore. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody knows what that card does anymore, and or to like understand that your opponent does have it when they pass with five mana. I remember like when that card was in standard, there was like this like two to three week period where <laughs> Avacyn was unbeatable because your opponent always just slammed their face into it every time yeah and it feels like that's kind of where we are in at least for this week or like going into this week is that uh and i that's probably the reason why this flash deck had a lot of success early on Mm -hmm. is that i'm sure people were just headbutting avacins everywhere and when you headbutt an avacin you lose you lose yeah yeah, it, you know, if you're, like, casting a wrath and you get Avacind or, you know, you, like, make a bad attack and then they get to eat your entire team because all of their creatures are indestructible, it's it's bad. It's not a good look. Even, um, like, if it, when it comes with destroy target attacking creature, it's oh, just yeah. like, all right, so it looks like <laughs> next game. Yeah. Yeah, we had multiple, I, I've birded multiple games where mm. just, like, our opponent was on blue-white flash, they have five mana up, yeah. we know they have Avacind, yeah. and... We know we can. We have like identified the line with their Avacyn that beats us, and there's nothing we can do about it. Yeah. But then our opponent just like chooses not to take that line. <laughs> so like at one point, uh, like we were Zan was playing a league with the blue green deck. We mm-hmm. had an Oko in play. Yeah. And they had an attack where if they swung everything at Oko, it would kill Oko. Mm-hmm. And if they had Avacyn, their guys would survive the attack yeah. because it gives them all the destructible right and then we don't have an oko to get turn their avacyn into a 3-3 and then we can never engage in combat again because <laughs> if avacyn flips it kills us <laughs> right um but then our opponent just passed the turn mm-hmm. because they thought we were gonna attack and they wanted to like ambush and so no nope, allowed... not gonna attack <laughs> well like they just don't have a good anything to do there at that yeah. point because now we're gonna get to oko their avacyn yeah and yeah. we can beat that right so everybody needs to learn how to play with and against avacyn yeah. again uh and it's difficult yeah but... and yeah and pioneer is really introducing a lot of these like weird interactions between cards that have never been played against each other specifically before mm-hmm. like if if somebody flashes in an avacyn and blocks something and then you plus your oko on it it the dies. dies because it because oko r- removes all abilities mm-hmm. including the instructable that avison gave itself right. for that turn so you got to watch out for that that's definitely gotten a lot of people before <laughs> um and yeah all these just like very strange uh interactions that have never come up before yeah because yeah pioneer is like you know introducing all of the standard cards of old to each other so it's pretty fun. It's pretty interesting. If a creature dies with an Avacyn in play, mm-hmm. and then the Avacyn gets elked, yeah. and then you go to the next turn, yeah. it transforms, <laughs> but it doesn't have another side to transform into. So like that nice. trigger still happens, but it's just a 3-3 elk on both sides, basically. Wild. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. Yep. Avacyn's a weird one. Uh, and Oko's a weird one. It's definitely a weird one. <laughs> pretty incredible that they made like one of the really like hallmark mythics of the set into just this bizarre double-faced card that like has <laughs> an insane number of rules interactions yeah yeah pretty wild yep pretty wild 
you know, back in the day when all of the best cards they printed were five mana, not three. <laughs> Honestly, I'm wondering, like, how much of, like, the standard is unplayable thing can get kind of traced down to that. Like, the critical yeah. turn in those decks was four and five when mm -hmm. the, the really big hitters were coming yeah. in. Yeah, Gideon, Chandra, yep. Avacyn, you know, all, Teferi, all these, like, super powerful five drops mm -hmm. and four drops. But, you know, now we're playing Teferi, Time Raveler, and yep. Oko. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, it's kind of wild. Yep. So, I don't know. Maybe that's a design thing for the future. <laughs> Load a little bit more of the power into those, like, higher mana cost yeah. cards. And yep. make make the lower mana cost cards not be things that completely negate mm -hmm. that. Like, you know, Scarab God would be unplayable in Standard right now yeah. because of Oko. Right. Yeah. Nobody's even considered playing Scarab, Scarab God and Pioneer. That's not true. I multiple people have really like I multiple times in this house oh, I've yeah? heard the word scarab god and oh. I had to be like you can't wow I really would not recommend that You you must that. have been a, doing a good job shutting that down cuz I have not heard as much of that That's good. I, I think that was like a first day thing, Oh yeah so, okay yeah yeah I, I I don't think anybody's really trying We're to... just trying to recall you know all of the all of the crazy busted cards yeah, that have existed Yeah it's not a bad guideline for going into pioneer to remember cards that were really good in standard mm -hmm. and say can we make this work now yeah. if it's the right type of card then sure what doesn't work is looking at stuff that wasn't quite there in standard and being like "Ooh, i wonder if we can make this work in pioneer because we have more cards now yeah that that's just like not not really how it works yeah the good cards are also getting more cards so they're, they're going to be better than your medium cards that never were good enough fair enough um, I'm struggling to think of specific examples um, because that would really help this here, uh, but I'm 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 kind of missing on what it actually was. But I've definitely seen some like pretty unimpressive stuff in some leagues, like I don't know, like Splendid Reclamation, for example. Yeah, um, and it has a lot more tools now. Now you get to play it with Field of the Dead, and you get to do <laughs> stuff like cool, like yeah. very neat. Uh, but you're just like running a lot of bad cards in your deck, and yep. you're making this card that just was never standard playable. You're putting it in your pioneer deck, mm -hmm. and it's not good enough. Yeah, all of the almost hits, yeah, are also being tried. Yeah, <laughs> and fast. And I just would strongly <laughs> recommend against that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, look what the good decks are. Llanowar Elves, always good in standard. Nykthos, Nykthos, fantastic, dominated standard. Yeah, yeah. Three mana planeswalkers, great in standard. Yeah. So you know, Nykthos, my I think is my current pick for best card in, in pioneer. Yep. Uh, I would not be surprised if whatever the best deck is is going to be a Nykthos deck, which looks to be either Green Devotion still mm -hmm. or maybe the Elves deck. The Elves deck, I yeah. I like the sound of because it is another Nykthos deck that isn't like all in on these X spells. And maybe the X spells are just like you know going to be great no matter what. Yeah. Well, but we're packing some Blight Beetles in our side. Yeah, that's what I was actually thinking <laughs> of that card right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Though the thing you don't have to worry about is elves yeah. is getting Blight Beetles. Oh, we get to Blight be Beetle right. people when your deck it's when great. all of your payoffs are Vivian Arcbow Ranger, Walking Ballista, Voracious Hydra. Mm -hmm. You can't beat a Blight Beetle. Yeah, like that thing messes you up. Right. We're currently playing one in the sideboard of our elves deck, mm -hmm. but if if I'm really worried about that strategy, yeah. and I think I might be, be just because Walking Ballista sounds like a huge pain yeah. for, for an if, if they put a Walking Ballista on five, yeah, you, you just lose. You lose. Right. So I could easily see, like, if we really want a metagame, just like putting like three Blight Beetles in the sideboard. Right. And, and we'll we, find them. We've got Collect Companies, we've got uh, Court of Calling, and Once Upon and a Time. And Once Upon a Time. Yeah. We're digging. And this is the thing about the. One of the reasons that you say. Nykthos seems like the best card in Pioneer. Mm -hmm. It's not just Nykthos. Nykthos comes with eight elves and once upon a time. Okay. And that's how it, yeah. like, like you're getting a bunch of, that's 16 slots of your deck then are, like, some of the best possible cards in Pioneer. Right. And that's a great start. Yeah. Whatever you're doing with it. <laughs> yeah. Seems, seems to be hard to go wrong with so yeah, far. Yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. Other, like, strategies that we've tried out, uh, I played a couple of leagues with, like, Mono Black Aggro, mm -hmm. Mardu Vehicles. Uh, and these are all Smuggler's Copter decks. Yeah, these are all Smuggler's Copter decks. That's, like, a, you know, the other pillar of the format, yeah. which is Smuggler's Copter. Uh, and people are trying to make it work through, like, vehicles, shells. Mm -hmm. I've seen pretty much every different iteration of two or three color vehicles, shells. Yeah. Um, you know, Esper, Mardu, Black-White, 
Mm-hmm. You name it, people are trying it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all kind of medium on them all. Yeah. Toolcraft Exemplar is... It's a good card. It's a good card, but it's not... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not quite there for me. It doesn't lead to stuff the way Lenore Elves leads to stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very true. And then, yeah, the this uh, I was impressed playing against this mono black aggro shell that was playing just like a bunch of like recursive creatures in like mm-hmm. Scrappy Scrounger, Blood Soap, Blood Champion. Soap Champion, Gutter Bones, mm-hmm. just like a lot of resiliency. Plays the castle uh, of Lockthwain. The mana base of that deck is the best part. Mm-hmm. You get yeah. to run a bunch of castles and a bunch of Mutavolts yeah. and, and yeah. do a lot with your lands. Yes. Yeah. So the staying power of that deck I was really impressed with. Yeah, same. And, you know, and it was just a great Smuggler's Copter deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I don't know, Smuggler's Copter is falling pretty far behind as as far as a pillar of the format goes yeah. in my mind like the smuggler's copters decks are like these like aggro shells and also like blue white flash i think would qualify as a smuggler's copter deck more mm-hmm. than anything else and they i don't know I, I think that like as far as like the things that you can be doing in this format they're falling a little farther behind these these green decks yeah so you know as Zan said last night non-green decks are canceled, are canceled. <laughs> yeah I, I and that's a bummer <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. play Lana or Elves almost certainly. Mm-hmm. Whatever I do end up playing. And um, I'm I'm very likely to play the, the counters deck just because it is really cool. I mm-hmm. like know how to play it. Yeah. I, I played a lot of Snake. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, it fits really well into my play style to play a deck like this. I also don't have a PC uh, <laughs> slot riding on how well I do in this Envy. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Edgar and I are pulling our hair out at the yeah. moment. It's yeah. <laughs> kind of wild so you got a, you got a little more stress going into this i can take the sort of like high risk high reward path sure. yeah because i have to win the envy to qualify for the pc so you know i gotta i well, gotta yeah. grab i gotta reach for the ceiling you here. honestly reach for the stars <laughs> that you i mean you're our pick to win the invitation of course. you know that right yeah <laughs> well yeah it's the the most equity overall if of i'm course. the one who does it yeah so. we got to get maximum people in this house qualified <laughs> so you or evan need to mm-hmm. uh need to win the invitation yeah definitely speaking of being qualified like almost all of Team Lotus Box is qualified for this upcoming Pro Tour at the beginning. PT of... Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we've kind of like oopsed into it. Yeah, you know, we've been going way hard on this this uh, Star City Circuit. Mm-hmm. Just recently, the Star City Circuit has qualified you for the PT through making finals in Open. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grabbed one of those slots. Rossum grabbed one of those slots. Abe just won a Pro Tour. Dylan just won a PTQ. Won a, won a Grand Prix, but yeah. A Grand Prix, you just won a Grand Prix, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're we're slowly trickling on to and Edgar's qualified too, right? Or because I thought he we had like you guys had is. five people. He is qualified. I'm yeah. not I'm not entirely sure how because so I just it don't was know because the... of the magic thing that happened at this last Pro Tour where they said like if you were silver this year you get qualified for the the first Pro Tour. Oh, it was great. like some announcement. I don't know exactly what okay. the announcement was, but basically he like backdoored into it a little bit. They like made an announcement at the Pro Tour that like retroactively qualified like 200 people for the next Pro Tour based okay. on like Pro Point standings okay. from the past year. Cool. So, I I believe that's how he got qualified. Yeah. Um So yeah, like that's cool. Like you you have a full testing team for that Pro Tour now. Yeah. I mean, we always had our testing team. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but, it, but it's people who are specifically trying to yeah, yeah, prepare yeah. for no, it'll that be good. tournament. It'll be good, for sure. So just got to get Zan and Jeremy qualified, and then... Yeah, you know. I'm sure they'll be qualified in no time. <laughs> Zan has played many matches to be on the Pro Tour at this point. Um, <sighs> just every win in it, he just, like, mulls yeah. to five and dies. <laughs> yeah. He was in the finals of another PTQ mm-hmm. this past weekend didn't make it he he lost his semi-finals match in the in the last open he he 12-3'd like several gps in one year yeah two years ago right like just kind of the the most daggers possible are are there any pro tour invites that are given out at the invitational i don't believe there are interesting there's none and there's none for the pc either okay so which is weird because for a while there were qualifications from the envy but not from yeah it used to be switched yeah because i remember that the invitational winner one 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 pt invite from the envy yeah this is the (laughs) the world's hardest ptq right right you get qualified for a lot of uh prestigious tournaments with that win yeah (laughs) Yeah. there's a little value there (laughs) yeah yeah for sure but yeah so you know very excited for you know moving forward yeah uh this week is going to be going to continue to be crazy Mm-hmm. We're going to be playing a lot of a lot of Lanaware Elf decks, a lot, yeah. of, a, lot of, a lot of green decks. 
I, at this point, I'll be very surprised if I don't play some one or strategy. At, yeah. At the at the at the invitational. So one of the alternatives, uh, another deck that can start on turn one, does have Once Upon a Time, does have some very powerful lands in it. Okay. Um, but that Arboreal Grazer ramp deck is oh, yeah, pretty yeah. real. And I don't know exactly how it stacks up against everything, mm-hmm. but playing most Lanoir Elves decks, I'm not really excited to play against this like four Ugin Field of the Dead ramp deck. And that feels like it. that's really just what this deck is. Mm-hmm. It's a Ugin deck. Yeah. It's a deck designed to not have many permanents that are going to die to Ugin. Mm-hmm. And then Ugin just seems phenomenal against the field. Yeah. Um, everybody's just like, you know, playing planeswalkers or creatures or just like permanents that are going to get swept up by one Ugin activation. And that'll end the game. The biggest like kind of downfall of the deck is when it plays against one of these artifact based aggro decks that mm-hmm. just happens to have like a smuggler's copter and a ginger brood and a walking ballista in play. Yeah, right. Yeah. And you you like have an Ugin and Yeah. And you can't bolt their smuggler's copter. Right. Yeah. It's a bad time. And like maybe you sweep and then your Ugin dies to attacks. <laughs> like right. Yeah. That's that's really not good. Um and as far as like popular archetypes this weekend go, I think the top two top three most popular archetypes are definitely going to be one of them is this blue, red and soul deck. Yeah. You know, it's gotten a lot of hype. People are playing it. It's strong. Mm-hmm. So, and the yeah. combination of an Insole effect and Smuggler's Copter to just make a yeah. five-five flyer, yeah, is really good. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Insole is just really strong. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and, and the, like the more that the the deck got played, and the more we played with them, the more Insole effects got put into the deck until yeah. like <laughs> yeah, you, like you're at at least three skilled animators, mm-hmm. maybe four. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully four. Hopefully four. I know Edgar was on four and souls, three skeleton animators mm-hmm. in, in his blue red version. Sure. Um, but, you know, when you're on blue red, you have just like a slightly smaller number of artifacts than like the blue green version, which can rely on Goose and Oko for making food that you can insole. Yeah. But yeah, blue red is like the combination of those chunks of five damage and you have shrapnel blast is like it's a it's a winning recipe for sure it is yeah shrapnel blast is really strong Mm -hmm. it just gives you that reach that you need to be able to pull through yeah and you also have your wild slashes to kill lanoir elves yeah and and that's pretty important too yeah 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 wild slash remains to be just a really well positioned card Mm -hmm. and that was one of my more concerning parts about this the gruel deck that zan was playing a lot of with all the rattle masters i really don't want the payoff Right. three mana to just be like shock level i i think that's a really important point mm-hmm. your your threes are your best cards yeah. and trading them for one mana is yeah a nightmare yeah not what you want yeah. people are playing oko and that trades for like four cards yeah. so <laughs> you you don't you don't want your opponent to be shocking whatever you're playing yeah uh other card i've been really impressed with on three mana is sea leaf champion mm-hmm. play it in the elf deck it's also played in these oh these stompy decks that we should probably talk a little bit about oh um, the blue green Stompy decks? Yeah, yeah. blue-green Stompy deck. Uh, and that deck mostly exists off of the power of Steelleaf Champion and Stubborn Denial. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... And Lanoir Elves. Oh, of course. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, we're talking about in in the all of the Lanoir Elf strategies right. that you can play. What, right, exactly. You yeah. start with Lanoir Elves, what mm-hmm. else does this deck bring to the table? Yeah. And here it's Stubborn Denial and five power creatures. Right. And I put Steelleaf Champion into this uh, the Elf deck, mm-hmm. and I was really impressed with it there. But I can really see how it shines a lot in uh, this Stompy iteration because the Stompy deck is mostly trying to like curve like you know five power three drop into mm-hmm. a like something that is disruptive either a thought not seer or just holding up stubborn denial yeah um, you know depending on what you're playing against man I am not sold on thought not seer still in this format yeah it feels every time I've seen it it's been just like one turn too slow yeah yeah and like. You have it in your deck. Mm-hmm. It's your one of your disruptive elements. Yeah. You have to keep it in against blue-white control. Yeah. You cast it against blue-white control. You get their supreme verdict. Mm-hmm. They draw two more cards, and then they supreme verdict you anyways. <laughs> it does feel like that's what happened every time. Yeah, pretty crazy. I mean, you know, it. I, th- I think it's pretty good generally against these blue-white control decks, but it definitely feels bad when they top-deck their wrath. It just feels like a, a clunker of a card. Just mm-hmm. at four mana, like, we're not... The way we're cheating on mana is by Lanowar Elves, not by, like, Eldrazi Temple. Like, it it just... I'm just not huge on it. And, like, it's okay, but... You know, like, there was a... The the deck 
one of the decks that I've seen that just makes the least amount of sense to me, like that I've as in decks that I've ever seen in all of Magic. I don't sure. know if you saw this deck on Twitter that was like the the mono red but with Eldrazi and it had like a uh, Legion Loyalist. So like four one drops. Okay. Four Legion Loyalists. Yeah. And then like four two drops. It was like two <laughs> Smugglers Copters and two carries evs or something okay and then just like a lot of threes and fours <laughs> just like thought not seers and yeah like i i just don't like what are the what are the legion loyalists doing in this deck i don't understand it had i mean it had rabble masters so like that okay. card's great yeah but well they missed out on the secret of this format which is you get to play all of those cards mm-hmm. a turn on turn earlier. two yeah yeah, yeah 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 and it had like handware battlements as its other rabble master okay. um and I, I just like this deck just continues to like upset haunt you. Me. <laughs> like, what yeah. what is Legion Loyalist doing in there? Yeah, I mean, you know, you could you could be like casting an additional mana card on your turn one, or you can get in for one. Yeah, uh, and I'm know. I'm sure that there's something about like oh, I'm going to give all my creatures first strike. It, it works and, really well with Rabble Master. Yeah, like that is that is nice. Yeah, but. It's like the classic combo with um, uh, uh, what's the what's the one two pro blue goblin? Oh, pile driver. Pile driver. Yeah. Wow. The, 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 the pile pro blue com- is the part of that card that you're like, this will surely trigger his memory. <laughs> it is. It, I got there right. <laughs> there was a time, the pro blue goblin. People know what I'm talking. There about. was like a period in Magic design. Yeah. Where like, so blue was the best color for a long time. Right. Now it is green. Yeah, very clearly. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. And there was just like a stretch of magic design where just like protection from blue got put on creatures. <laughs> so like yeah. Goblin Pile Driver is one of those creatures. Pro blue. Uh, Scrib Ranger is one of those creatures. Also pro blue. Uh, yeah. And but pro blue is like not really a thing. It no, doesn't, it like, doesn't do anything. Do anything yeah. against the blue. You can deck. still counter it <laughs> until you're playing um, Alluren and somebody casts uh, like Goblin Pile Driver against you, and you like look at your hand of all blue Death Touch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very sad. <laughs> you're gonna get nined by this Pile Driver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, just completely right. dead to it. Anyways, um, um, yeah. Why did I bring up this card? Oh, yeah, because with uh, with the Legion Loyalist mm-hmm. giving your you know super high powered two toughness goblin is first really strike, yeah. is first this was, this was not a goblin pile driver deck though this was just a sad weird nonsense goblin pile driver is legal right yeah it's Entire totally year. legal yeah 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 All right am i crazy i'm pretty sure they printed it not too yeah long no no like this is one of the reasons that i was like one of us should be trying goblins at some point because you you have lots of rabble masters and pile driver and ember cleave yeah legal and pioneer yeah nice. totally magic origins okay solid yeah and then this is just one thing that i have not explored at all or seen anybody any of us exploring it i know like jim davis was playing it of course Mm -hmm. but it does seem like this could be a way to build a pretty reasonable aggressive deck with like smuggler's copter and stuff but yeah and we should talk a little bit about the mono red archetype yeah you've explored this more i've explored this a little bit it mono red it's in this weird spot where it's got some like decent matchups mm-hmm. like it crushed nexus when that was a thing yeah and which is by the way no longer it, going no, to be yeah a thing. It, nexus is <laughs> rest in peace nexus veil uh, of summer helped like just boosted that deck more yeah. than it could possibly yeah. do for anything else that that deck had a lot of like otherwise unwinnable matchups that <laughs> it made like unlosable because of <laughs> nexus or because of veil of summer yeah and but now you know just like one counter spell is just their right. doom right now you die to the aggressive decks yeah. and you die to the disruptive decks because you right. can't stop their disruption and yeah. you don't really have a spot anymore yeah so kind of sad yeah but yeah mono red is seems to be like reasonably well positioned against these green decks i feel yeah. like because shock. yeah you get to play shock so you get to keep them off of their early stuff uh goblin chain world chain is really good Oof. just because everybody's playing a million elves and you just you know you like disrupt a little early and then they like play out a couple more elves and then and then they're all gone and then they're stuck in three lands for the rest of the game. Yeah. Because you're not running high land counts with these green decks. And if you can disrupt the like the broken mana elements of it, yeah. which are these elves and then just like permanents on the board for Nykthos, mm-hmm. um, which Monterey does pretty well. Right. Um, because there's no more Oath of Nyssa or Leyline to mm-hmm. just have in play unkillable. Yeah. 
so I think that Monored is going to be something that we're going to be testing a lot again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. After the metagame is like shifted like heavier into green, Monored is going to be an interesting thing to try out. Yeah. Um, the problem is that Monored, it just feels underpowered. You're only like, who this card's really good card is mm-hmm. Smuggler's Copter. The rest of your yeah. deck is like normal magic cards. Right. Yeah, and we were already talking about how Smuggler's Copter is just like fine. A little yeah. far behind. Even. Yeah. Uh, I think that the best mono red decks are definitely, or the best like red decks like seemed to be the like green red like go wide Atarka's command mm-hmm. strategy like those that that deck had like powerful impressive draws yeah mono red you know you're playing monster Swift spear and soulscar mage which like can be powerful but the problem is you just like don't have any ways of like really getting those cards going mm-hmm. yeah we don't have any lava darts or anything like that they're just like you know like occasion like they're mostly going to be two threes occasionally three fours mm-hmm. and sometimes you like if you like fail to disrupt your opponent if they get to do their thing ever it's just going to be way better than we have going on yeah um not to mention that uh another huge pillar of this format is oko and Right, and that's rough. Hard to beat. <laughs> Beatable in like a Rabble Master type aggressive deck. Yeah, if you're going wide, then you can definitely beat an Oko yeah. pretty well. That seems to be one of the better recipes for like beating Oko is just like make a million creatures and then there's nothing like you can like swarm the three threes that they make on defense mm-hmm. um, and then like all of your things, like if they three three one of your things is generally an upgrade, yeah. so it's fine. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so a little underwhelmed with the Mono Red decks right now i mean that's what you give up when you play like the you know swiss spear and and soul scar mage version is like you exchange your powerful like rabble master type of game plan from the Mm -hmm. green red deck and you get removal in exchange for that and so like when you're on the draw against the land of elves deck you Mm -hmm. don't just get run down because they're bigger than you but then you're playing this awkward game where okay so i'm on a red Mm -hmm. and i'm playing against mono green yeah and i'm on the draw Mm-hmm. And I have like one drops in my hand and shocks in my hand, and I'm ready. Yeah. And they play an elf because, of course, they do. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I'll shock it. And then they have their turn two, and they like play like another ramp element. I'm like, all right, well, I have to deal with this too. And yep. I'm like, maybe I can get in my one mana creature now. And and you you're just kind of on the back foot the whole time. Yep. It's it's it feels really good on the play because you're like, okay, one mana creature, and then shock your guy, hit you. And then chain you know, chain you, right? Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, on the draw, it seems it, it's just so much worse. It's gotcha. kind of wild. And it's also one of the reasons that I like the Hardened Scales version of the Devotion deck mm-hmm. is we just have elements and game plans that Shock doesn't really do anything against. Yeah, like if my hand was Hardened Scales into Snake into Voracious Hydra, mm-hmm. like Shock was blank that whole time. I, I really like that aspect of the deck for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I will my I'm sure my opinion of the deck will come down to earth a little bit as I play some leagues that are not just immediate five O's with it, you know, figure out what we can yeah. lose to, which is yeah. that your synergy gets broken up by removal spells. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. You, you'll start to run into the things that are crippling for you. And yeah. that'll it'll give you a better picture for sure. Yeah. But absolutely. I mean, you know, these are the highs and lows of testing in the lowest box house because we love getting really excited about stuff. <laughs> yes. And I'll tell you what, it, you know, after we five O league, we're like, yeah. <laughs> I, like i am like pretty like i kind of want to lock in this deck now because getting cards is like kind of a pain in the ass and i know where to get the cards for this deck yeah and it also right. plays really well and stuff mm-hmm. i would be unsurprised if 12 hours from now zan is like this deck's unplayable <laughs> ccr you cannot play this yeah deck yeah 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 and so, ccr will be like oh no oh man <laughs> i already put it together sleeved it up <laughs> yeah yeah we'll see yeah, a lot, a lot I, I'm sure, will change in 12 hours. I mean, like, I, I, mean I don't think we're going to get off green decks anytime soon. But Right, and the thing is, you can only go so wrong if the first 16 cards you put in your deck are 8 elves once upon a time, Nick, those. Like, yeah, yeah. I honestly feel really close to locking in those 16 cards right now. Mm-hmm. I, Nick, this is just so powerful. Yep. It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. And getting a mana advantage over your opponent has just, like, always been a powerful way to win games of Magic. Yep. That's the most important resource in the vast majority of games. And yeah. have a lot of it and you'll win. Oh, yeah. I remember uh, one of the, like, the, the best lessons that I learned was from David Corson in Legacy. Mm-hmm. And David Corson played, and this was back when Deathrite Shaman was legal in Legacy. But he played Bant stuff. Mm-hmm. But the backbone of his deck was 
for Deathrite Shamans and for Noble Hierarchs. Mm-hmm. And he always preached getting a mana advantage over your opponent is just what this is all about. Mm-hmm. It's just such fundamentally powerful <laughs> element of Magic the Gathering. Yeah. That, and that's why Deathrite Shaman was so completely busted. Mm-hmm. And I just like remember, like I always remember that. I was just like, wow. He really understood that, like, you know, that's what Magic's about. It's like, you, you know, being able to leverage those advantages is super important. For sure. So, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, finding ways to do that. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. And I love just the concept of the devotion decks in general, where mm-hmm. your payoffs are just all these X spells that scale. Yeah. If you didn't really ramp, they're mm-hmm. all fine cards. Yeah. If you ramped a decent amount, all right, this will probably win the game. If you ramped a lot, then they scale with that too and completely put the game away <laughs> yeah. and it becomes unlosable. Yeah. So all of our like fun screenshots that we're like posting in our group chats and yeah. stuff, they all involve like a 40-40, yeah. like <laughs> create a, like a Hydra or something. It's, yeah. It's pretty wild. <laughs> it's Voracious Hydra gets vi- double is a really insane card to have yeah. on a magic card. Right. So. Yeah, when you're when you're already like dumping mana into your mana pool with Nykthos, and then you get to double all of that, and yeah. it, and then you know add a little extra because you have like a hardened scales out or something. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah, you kind of get like multiple like iterations of doubling here between Nykthos and then like <laughs> hardened scales and then Hydra. Like it just yeah. like compounds on itself. Yeah, yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, there's lots of cool stuff happening for sure. Oh, we didn't. Oh, we d- okay, we did talk about the, the green-blue Stompy decks. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, those, like, I've heard from multiple people that they seem to be, like, some of the best decks in, in yeah. the format. Just, like, you make a five-power thing on turn two a lot mm-hmm. yeah. and then protect it. And, right. Like, yeah, I feel like if you're doing that and your opponent isn't, mm-hmm. you, yeah, you're just you're just in a really good spot. Yep. Like, you know, people are playing Spell Queller, and if you're resolving a 5-4 on turn two mm-hmm. it's just never going to get spell colored so you can right. just ride it you know <laughs> yeah when you got censored out of that blue white deck i was impressed yeah yeah i hadn't considered censor as like a, an, a, an additional two drop that yeah. you could you know just like cycle with it just seems really necessary to make sure you have something to do on turn two in your yeah. deck that's full of good three mana spells censor yeah. and knight of the white orchid mm-hmm. definitely recommend for the for the blue white players out there yeah and if you knight of the white orchid you can pass the turn and have sensor up. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. Yeah. That's not yeah. bad. And there are, um, are there any like duels that you can get with the, cause Night of the White Orchid, you can still get. Yeah. Um, so you can just get Hell of Fountain. You can just Hell of Fountain. Yeah. Okay, great. Perfect. A little bit of a tell if you shock it in from your Night of the White Orchid yeah, and then pass the yeah. turn. But... Maybe you have a clue out or something. Yeah. Kind of hides it a little bit. Yeah. That's totally possible. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, um, I, I think that was a pretty good. I think rundown so. of all the things that we've been talking about. Um, oh, I do want to mention Phoenix really quickly. Um, Phoenix is still mm-hmm. present, but mm-hmm. it is outside of our consideration at this point yeah. for decks to play, I think. Yeah, the Delves, the Delve spells didn't make it as a pillar. Kind of wild. I mean, they are powerful. They're the reason the deck is close. Yeah, oh yeah. And and they still are like technically a pillar, I think. Yeah. But I, I mean, like Dig Through Time is in all the blue-white decks. Sure. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, right. just like treasure cruising in a threat deck mm-hmm. has not quite manifested yet yeah. into like as the format matures, it has fallen farther and farther behind. Yeah. Um Phoenix definitely still has its good matchups because fundamentally the way it's built is a super removal heavy deck with a card with multiple card advantage engines. Yeah. Um and that's not bad. Mm-hmm. The problem is that the threats that they're trying to play in it right now kind of suck. Yeah, I mean, thing is, thing and that's so just, slow to flip now. It's not good. <laughs> yeah, and um, that's rough. And again, like the way yeah, I've mentioned this before, but the way the devotion decks adapted to it, and the way they still are, is they just have infinite removal spells for thing in the ice. Yeah. So you're not gonna be able to catch up to the devotion deck now by flipping a thing in the ice. They right. just kill it as an O four. Right. Um, Phoenixes are fine as like your your longer game game plan. But you have to be very confident that your removal spells are just going to match up well for the first several turns of the game. Mm-hmm. Then you reload. Then you make phoenixes is kind of how it plays out. Yeah. Um, and that that's great against untuned decks. And that's great against decks where their toughnesses specifically line up with your removal spells. Um, but that's just becoming less and less of a thing. Mm-hmm. Like this blue-green zombie deck just has a lot of creatures that you need lightning axe to kill and nothing else will kill them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that that becomes pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. Lightning Axe is definitely one of the better cards that, that deck has going for it. Oh yeah, without it, without Lightning Axe, the deck would be 
very bad at <laughs> right right um and lightning is just great in the format mm-hmm. you know kills all these x4s and x5s that i keep on preaching about yeah so yeah um, it, it may be the best removal spell in the format honestly yeah. i mean fatal push is also insane but fatal, but fatal push has a lot of flaws mm-hmm. uh it's just you just can't trigger revolt without your opponent's help right um, it's very hard you need uh, food or something yeah you, yeah you need something wonky and two mana yeah. to trigger it like a or something you know fatal push is definitely like really really good against the things that are one and two mana and then yeah falls off pretty hard it plays a lot more like standard fatal push than modern fatal push yes absolutely. Um, and again like that's one of the things is like make that makes three drops better not only are these better cards but they don't really die to fatal push yeah all the two drops do die at a mana disadvantage yeah. to fatal push yeah i had several games with this elf deck where uh like i got out a steel leaf champion and then another Steel Leaf champion, uh, and I, I could just tell that my opponent was, like, holding out a Fatal Push. And they, just like, had no way to revolt. They, like, killed, like, the token that I got off of my Dwinnin's Elite. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, like, my Dwinnin's Elite. God. And then I, they're just dying to five force. <laughs> it was great. I, I think if you have Fatal Push in your deck, like, look for ways to fit Fabled Passage in there. Sure. Or, or Field of Ruin. Like, you, like Fabled Passage, if you've got a lot of colors, mm-hmm. Field of Ruin, if you don't have that many colors. Sure. I, I guess most of these decks are probably already doing that, but you you, you have to. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Let's see. Yeah, Anything what are we else? missing? I, I think we've really kind of covered, yeah. like, most of it this It feels stuff. like this has gone by so fast, but we've, we've been doing this for yeah. an hour now. We've hit our time. <laughs> we, we've, we've got there. <laughs> um, oh, uh, we tried the blue-red emerge deck oh yeah uh i've been seeing it played and it has some cool stuff mm-hmm. um the cool things about it are that kozilex return is insane against the aggro decks yeah because it's a totally acceptable sweeper on the front end in this format mm-hmm. and then the back end just ends the game yeah yeah you know this is the like eight feet the rekindling phoenix flame wake phoenix yep like the jeff hoagland deck um however it really struggles against decks that are not just like putting a lot of creatures onto the table yeah, yeah. um and in particular like to fairy time raveler is just a nightmare for it yeah because you have rekindling phoenix <laughs> which we stopped playing when, when teferi was printed yeah. yeah and then you your elder deep fiends lose flash mm-hmm. because there's a teferi in play and uh like that stuff just all be- is a is a horrible horrible nightmare yeah um the flamewake phoenixes were surprisingly impressive um yeah i can imagine they they just like did a pretty good job um, the thing that boggles my mind about this deck is that the lists posted and then everyone that I've played against or seen somebody play against, their utility land is Mutavolt and not Sanctum of Ugin. Sanctum of Ugin is pretty pretty nicely set up to be paired with Elder Deep Fiend. Elder Deep Fiend and these Phoenixes that just come back every time you sacrifice You them. don't have to sacrifice your Deep Fiend again. No. It's perfect. You sacrifice the Phoenix and you right. just get to hit them for five, hit them for ten. Like, <laughs> just yeah. why would you play Mutavolt and <laughs> yeah. not Sanctum of Ugin? I don't know. It's pretty wild. It's troubling. Yeah. Yeah, I played against that deck with Elves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in a chat with Will at the time. And he was like, oh, no, this is our nightmare matchup. Yeah. Uh, game one, uh, I kill him on turn four, mm-hmm. just really easily. Uh, and, you know, I just, like, had, um, you know, dome you for equal number of elves and then cord into that again. Yeah. Um, and then uh, game two, uh, he, he like, caused, like, returned my board away on turn three. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that was, you know, kind of awkward. Yeah. And then later on, deep fiended me in my upkeep. But I was able to... Court of Calling for a Scavenging Ooze to eat the Cosmic the return, return and their Phoenix. <laughs> and then, and then that'll that was do it. it. Yeah, I yeah. just like had my board still. They had A5-6. Yep. It's not going to cut it. Nope, not against the, all of my elves. They will get outsized. They really were counting on like triggering that Cosmic return for sure. Yes. Um, which honestly probably meant that they were supposed to main face that elder deep fiend to but oh yeah i was crossing my fingers i was like is it my turn can i go (laughs) because i knew they had it right (laughs) and and that's actually a thing like that's the thing that we picked up in standard playing this deck Mm -hmm. like the first couple of times you play it Mm -hmm. you you just like always want to you know misbind click them on their upkeep yeah but you know it was not it was rarely correct to misbind click them on their upkeep. yeah 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 um while it was often correct to elder deep fiend them on their upkeep 
if they have creatures that you're trying to wrath and they yeah. could disrupt your your code selection, just take it. You just gotta get those off the board. You're you're yeah. playing a a plague wind five six yeah. like just. You don't do also that. need to get a time walk out of it, right? Right. <laughs> if if it risks losing your everything, yes. you know. So, um, yeah. Um, scavenging ooze has kind of impressed, by the way. Just side note. Yeah, it's I one agree. of the few playable two drops in this mm. format. It's been really good. I played against Kethis mm-hmm. and just single handedly destroys that right. deck. Um, it's pretty crazy. Um, as long as you're playing the scavenging ooze in a mana deck. Yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But as long as you're pairing it with your Nykthos strategy, mm-hmm. then it does a lot of work. Yeah. Just being able to clean up. Mm-hmm. Very, very strong. Yeah, for sure. Good stuff. Cool. Well, I think that should be it for us this week. Sounds good. So we have to get back to working on this stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm probably actually going to work on pulling cards for my decks and figuring out where I'm getting the missing <laughs> cards from. <laughs> yeah, it's getting to be about that time of the week. It really is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much to everybody for listening. We really, really appreciate your time. If you would like to find us online, you can find our social media. I'm tweeting from at CCR underscore Grindcast. The podcast is at MTG underscore Grindcast. Collins is also on Twitter. At Collins Mullen. Um, if you would like to become a patron, we would really appreciate your support. Um, we will send out some stuff pretty soon. I've fallen a little bit behind again on some of that stuff just because of envy things and all of that. But yeah. we will definitely, definitely get in touch with you. Uh, and we will get stuff to you very soon after the envy is over you know i got nothing but free time to send out tokens and pins so um you can head over to patreon.com slash mdggrindcast or you can go straight to our website mdggrindcast.com we've got all of the patreon stuff all our episodes and collins's coaching services watch the envy this weekend we will be there hopefully on camera at least some people from this house will be on camera many of the rounds so <laughs> i have no doubt uh yeah. definitely check that out and and hopefully we'll have come up with some good stuff uh for everybody to watch yep so. uh and if you're at the envy come say hey um indeed that it's would be, be a awesome. good time yeah I'm, yeah I'm really looking forward to this weekend yeah well that's it for us so thank you again yep. and have a great week peace